On an all-new Buffy, for years she has survived the wrath of her enemies. Ow! Lay off the nose. Ow! Now, one force will send her world crashing. Can we go now? Her sister. Dawn! That's right, the sister. And the Slayer's troubles are closer to home. You are going to be in so much trouble when we get home. Now I'm telling Mom you slayed in front of me. Fine. A special all-new Buffy. Welcome to Maple Court, also known as If the Apocalypse Comes Beat Me. It's a weekly-ish podcast about Buffy the Vampire Slayer, where we take a look at each episode according to its original air date 20 years ago. This week's episode is Season 5, Episode 2, Real Me. We'll be talking about plot. We'll be talking about characters. And we'll be talking about, ooh, the game of life. So, spoilers about for this episode, every episode before, after it, comic books, and possibly even other shows and movies. We need to get this podcast going. Gurian show is tonight, and there's so much to do with the gallery. Episode 2 already. Can you believe it? I'm me, Kelly. I'm joined by my co-host, wonderful station number one. Say hello. Hello. <laughs> Daniel, say hello. Do you want a thumb wrestle? Oh, man. Only if it can be awkwardly on a sidewalk. And, and yeah, no. We're not here to talk about thumb wrestling. Though. We're here to talk about Buffy the Vampire Slayer, specifically season five, episode two. Real Me originally aired in October. What day in October, you might ask? October 3rd of the year 2000. Written by David Fury. This is 8 of 17 for the series for him. The last one was Primeval, and the next one will be Shadow, episode 5 of the season. Uh, what happened in this episode? I mean, one could argue not a lot. <laughs> We're mostly reintroduced yeah. to our friends through a, definitely not a new character, Buffy's little sister. So we kind of go through with Giles and, and, and Willow and Tara, and, and oh yeah, Harmony's around she's got a little gang of vampires uh they killed the magic shop owner mr bogarty uh which is important for giles's trajectory because he's gonna take over the magic shop um but harmony's plot is foiled whatever it was didn't well she didn't have a plot yeah spike gave her Spike's an idea. Plan, yeah uh went awry she didn't actually but she got away so that's all that matters harmony's not dead and uh i mean i, I think the most important thing about this episode is that we've established fully that buffy's got a new yeah. Mission. She's like oh, more sure specifically does. oriented and trying to learn more about herself. Mm-hmm. And that, yeah, that's it. But Giles got a new car. Very important. And she has a sister. Yeah, but she's been here the whole time. That's true. So that's not really anything of note. No, that's right. That's a good point. They, they shouldn't keep saying things like, hey, she's been here forever. And I mean, the, she grew up in this house. Yeah. yeah. It's really, it's a little redundant at this point, but this is the first appearance of. Giles's car. Giles's new car. Something shiny. Is it something that happened? Like a penis. And that's what he drives from here on out? Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. Yeah. I mean, we don't see it a whole lot. Uh, it's in Triangle. They chase down a, um, the troll. Anya drives it. Hmm. And then there's a scene in when the stink demon that tries to find the key, Glory unleashes it. They chase it down in the BMW, I think. But it doesn't get as much play as the Citroen, I think, which fair news because the Giles mobile was definitely more iconic than generic red BMW. Yeah. Michelle Trachtenberg actually wrote a letter to Joss Whedon to pitch the idea of a character for her being on the show. And I don't know if it was her idea or just an idea they had concerning Dawn, period. But supposedly at one iteration of her character, she was going to have powers, either telekinesis and possibly additionally speaking to the dead, which 
I'm glad they didn't do that at all. I think it was cool in season seven when we played with the idea of maybe she could be a slayer too. Yeah. That was neat. But like, can you imagine if Dawn could speak to the dead and then Joyce dies and like that's a whole thing? Well, there was a little bit of tension when she was strung up. I, you know, I know what happens, but I mean, there's a moment where you're like, who, A, who the fuck is this person? <laughs> you know, the, the whole thing. episode, you're yeah. like, why is Dawn here? And there's a moment where Buffy's fighting Mort or whatever and she's losing and she kind of kept doing these like weird lunges and these weird looks or yeah she's gonna rip out or she's gonna Mm. fucking blast some fire or something because you know we learned earlier that she loves Willow and stuff so it's like who knows maybe she's got some magical powers and that's what I would have thought if I was a viewer like who the you know because you're trying to figure out who the hell this person is yeah and you don't get any real answers for a while so yeah and she like we've established in Buffyverse that anybody can do magic so why couldn't she also do magic well she definitely wants to yes this is the first time Michelle Trachtenberg's in the credits. Yay. Which was so fun. I'm glad they did it right away. It's very funny. Yeah. Because it's like and yet another nod to like, she's been here the whole time. Right. Right. She's been here the whole time, guys. Yes. She's not a guest star. This is like, she's always been on the show. It's very yeah. funny. Uh, Mr. Bogarty is the third magic shop owner. It hasn't been called a magic box the whole time. Obviously, we had Dragon's Cove at one point. Uh, Bo- Uncle Bob's at Magic yeah, Cabinet. Yeah, yeah. Right, or right, something right. like that. We remembered the previous owners, right? There's the one guy who was like a... Kind of like a bald, bigger dude who sold the Orba Thessala yes, to them. of course. Uh, and then there's, in Lover's Walk, there's the woman who uh, Spike eats. Yep. And then, obviously, you have Mr. Bogarty. And apparently, Mr. Bogarty was a joke for the fans because they called the original shop owner the Boogity Boogity Man. Because I think it's Angel has a line in one of the, while he's Angelus, has a line where he's like, you go to your Boogity Boogity store or something like that. Nice. Isn't that... <laughs> Isn't that fun? Then why didn't they call him Mr. Boogity Boogity? That was too on the nose about okay. uh, Another thing about Dawn, like in the early iterations of, of Dawn, the character, it was thrown around at the beginning of season four because they knew they were going to do like a little sister for Buffy, but they were potentially thinking that Joyce would just randomly adopt a five or six-year-old. And I'm like, mm, weird move. I'm glad we didn't do that. I'm really glad we didn't do a, a kid so young and B, Introduce Joyce adopting a second sister when she, a second got, child when she I've, clearly can't control. I've got. I want to talk about that later because <laughs> I do have a thought on that. Well, okay. So there was a DVD commentary for this episode with David Solomon and David Fury, the Sleepy Twins. I thought they were the same ones as before. It was David Fury before, but it was David uh, Grossman, not David mm-hmm. Solomon, that did it. And the voices again identical. I don't know how they keep doing this. They sound very bored during the whole time. But I did find out that while David Fury wrote this script in whole. And it's not uncommon for the whole team to do this. Other people kind of did some punch-ups after the fact. So, like, Marty Knoxon wrote the scene with Buffy and Riley. And the joke specifically, while they're playing the board games, the best joke, this. So good. Can I trade the children for more? Yeah. Cash was actually written by Jane Espenson because, of course, of course Jane's, Jane's the funniest one on the, on the team. I'm going to say it. Come at me with your hot sex. Yeah. But you could say that that moment, playing that game, is what spurs Anya's newfound love for capitalism. Love capitalism, yeah. And money. And, I mean, wow, what an influential thing the game of life is. And I want to know more about it. Hey, do you think Whoa. maybe, Stacia, do you have any fun facts or trivia about the game of life by Parker Brothers, Milton Bradley? Who Hasbro? is it? It's Parker Brothers or Milton Bradley, right? Those are the two or the two. I just Milton Bradley. Boom. Just a thought. Game of life. Not your game. So this game dates back to 1860. Holy Damn, moly. did they drive cars back then? I don't think so. They did not have cars in the Damn. original Carriages. game. It was called the checkered game of life. Mm. It was set up like a chessboard. Gotcha. And the key, I mean, it's the same concept. You start in one corner of the board and you try to move spaces to get to the farthest corner of the board, which is like old age. Successfully. um, Survive. So like. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) 
Um, so no that, retirements, no pensions, no education if you're a woman. Like, what What even are we doing? You didn't get polio. Yeah. Congratulations. <laughs> that game, it used, it didn't use dice because dice at the time was considered gambling, but it used those little, like, tops that you would spin that had, like, the dice sides. So they'd spin and then they'd cool. fall over. I know. I thought Where that was pretty cool. Where could somebody buy some of those today? That's cool. I don't know. It'd be um, fun to play a game like that. I mean, dreidels with, exist. I know, but no, I mean, yeah. I, I want to like, put the dice on it. That's yeah, cool. that's fair. Yeah. yeah. So I then, mean, a lot slower than just throwing dice. Dice are very easy, though. And it's so funny. It's like if you put a little curve on the bottom and a little stick on the top, not gambling. Also, just imagine being like, all right, your turn to roll. <laughs> and then, like, just one minute later. And like, it's already a nightmare playing dice yeah. games at a family table because you just throw them on the goddamn ground and at the top spinning all over the place. No, come on. Come terrible. On. So 100 years later, they decided to revamp the checkered game of life into just the game of life, which is when it takes on its, like, the more recognizable, like, little path and you get yeah. your little cars. So it says a checkerboard game till the 1960s. So mm-hmm. Wow. Was it popular, though? It was, was just very kind of, popular. Oh, really? Okay. Mm-hmm. Wow. Could yeah, anybody really just well. do it then? Okay. So it was like a game. Like, people actually sold Yeah, yeah, the yeah. It was made by okay. Milton Bradley, and you bought it, like, in a box with its own little mm. game board. Look, it looks like this. Oh, wow. Yeah, it was, like, straight up red and black huh. chessboard situation with little squares to land on. Weird. Um, so, yeah, in the 1960s, they revamped it. The cars were, like, little sporty um, Giles red cars. Nice. Mm-hmm. Like convertibles, um, and they perfect for a family. They instituted the pink and blue gender pegs. Of course, of course. <laughs> <laughs> the gender pegs. Yes. The gender pegs. <laughs> um, I wonder if they're still around. The I wonder, pegs? Yeah. When, when's, no, everyone's purple now, my friend. Well, when, when's it happening? I don't know. Is it? I if I bought the game no. of life today, it, you'd still get blue and pink. Oh, jeez. Uh, so they had a bank which included five thousand, ten thousand, twenty thousand, fifty thousand, and a hundred thousand dollar bills, various. Right. Insurance policies and stock certificates. Um, the game's gone through a couple of versions. The next, like, most notable was, like, in the 80s. They dropped the $500 bills <laughs> because those weren't worth enough anymore yeah. to be useful. Also, in the 1980s, they switched out the convertibles from minivans. Oh, I forgot to say. So in the 1960s, they had, in the game, you got to this square. It was called the Day of Reckoning. Where if you got there, you had to choose from one of two options. The first was to continue along the road to go to Millionaire Acres, where you ha- you thought you did if you thought you had enough money to beat everyone else. Like, you had more money than everyone else. If you didn't think you had enough money, you had to become a millionaire tycoon by betting everything on one number and spinning the wheel. Whoa. If the number came up, you won immediately. If not, you went to, quote-unquote, the poor farm. <laughs> You lost. I want to go to the poor farm. Honestly. We were already there. I guess I don't want to lose the game. I just want to go to the poor farm. That sounds fun. Um, yeah, so in the 1980s, wow. they decided maybe calling it the poor fair wasn't very uh, good anymore, so they changed the name to bankrupt. Oh. oh. I declare bankruptcy! Losing players would retire to the country and become a philosopher. Millionaire Acres was shortened to Millionaire, in which winners can retire in style. They also added a revenge square where you could sue people. Yeah. Um, In the 1991 version, which is probably the one that we get in Buffy, they um, added rewards for good behavior, like recycling. To be a good, I don't know, citizen of the world, I guess. Mostly the game of life is based entirely on chance. What number do you get when you spin the dial? You don't really get a ton of 
choices. So they made a couple of games to give you, like, actual strategy. And then in 2013, they removed the square that let you have, like, sue someone. Um, and then in 2017, they added pegs to get pets. Oh. So now you can have pets Pet and pegs. children. And they've had, like, dozens of iterations of the game, different themes for... Like Spongebob and Pirates of the Caribbean and Hello Kitty and stuff. Everybody cares what she thinks, just because she can do backflips and stuff. Like, that's such a crucial job skill in the real world. Thank you so much for teaching me about the game of life. The only way to talk about this episode is really to talk about it through the eyes of Don, who, again, is an established character, so it's a little redundant, but... Yeah, we've... Don, she was great in season one. <laughs> little, little laggy. Little tiny baby Don. Yeah, she little lag. She's only been nine years old. I know. So, Daniel, what did you think about this episode of television, real me? <laughs> I genuinely really enjoy this episode of television, Real Me, the one Great. we watched this week. The episode of Buffy, Buffy, Buffy the Vampire Slayer? Yes, I did. I enjoyed it. I loved Dawn, and I realized that even more so now. And I was probably very mad back in the day, too. I'm sure my rating for this was very low because I didn't understand, and now I do. And I really, I really, 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 really like it. And I really love that David Fury said that he had other people punch in some jokes because this shit rocked. This was a funny, fun episode that didn't have a whole lot going on. I mean, obviously, nothing really happens. But we get to see Harmony again. We get to see Buffy beat up Spike. It's good times. That's Everyone true. is just kind of, we just get more of our friends just talking and having having fun. And also, just like, it's very relatable, the whole Buffy, like, being so mad at Dawn. I definitely understand that. And it's really cool to see Buffy as a big sister. And that's really fun. And just everybody being... You know, I don't know what it is, the spell or whatever uh, is going on with their brains, but everybody's so nervous about, like, bringing anything up to Buffy because Buffy's so on edge about Dawn. And obviously it all just happened, like, two days ago. There was no Dawn, right? It's like, but they don't know that. But we know that in a way. And then uh, everything uh, everything Dawn, all of her voiceovers were adorable. I just love that we established immediately, like, don't like Anya, huge crush on Xander. You know, just like, we just know this person. By the end of this episode, I feel like, I know a lot about Dawn. For trying to make it at least seem to, to the audience that this character really has been around for five years, I think they did a great job in 45 minutes of, yeah. like, this is her. This is how it's been the whole time. Um, you know what I didn't realize before watching the, I guess maybe it was the DVD commentary they, they might have said something about it, but uh, everyone is an only child. With the exception of this new Dawn, everyone's an only child. I never thought about that. And oh. that's pretty rare as far as I know. Like, there's nobody I know that doesn't have any siblings. And I it also made me think about the three of us because it's like we all have one sibling who is the opposite sex than, than we are. So that's like all our whole family oh, yeah. has two kids, one boy, one girl. Our parents play the game of life. They sure did. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they got their gender pegs. They got their gender pegs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, hey, you're the one that said it. Uh, Sisha, what do you think about this and episode? Your brother's older. No, he's younger. Oh, shit. Yeah. Okay. You have a younger sister, so yeah. you're the closest to the Dawn situation. Yes, yes. She has a younger brother, and I have an older brother. I'm the little sister. So oh, look at all these perspectives Whoa. we have. Wow. Dawn. <laughs> Stop screaming. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Sisha, what did you think about this episode of television? Um, I feel two ways about it. One, I think Daniel's right. It's really funny. They did a lot of, like, fun, subtle stuff with Dawn. Like, I wrote down at the beginning, like, her voiceovers with her diary. She starts out by saying, nobody, nobody knows, knows who I am. I am. Not the real me. It's like nobody cares enough to find out. I mean, does anyone ever ask me what I want to do in my life? Or what my opinion is on stuff? Or what restaurant to order in from? No. Underline. Exclamation point. 
Exclamation point, exclamation point. And she's, like, literally speaking for the audience. Like, literally no one knows who you are. (laughs) (laughs) It's great. That kind of stuff was fun. Like, they did the previously on, and you finally get to the end, and you're like, oh, that Dawn thing wasn't a dream. But then the, like, beginning of the episode doesn't include Dawn. You're, like, expecting them to immediately address it, and it's just Buffy, like, in the zen state, which is really fun. Oh, I love that scene. (laughs) And they do have, like, a really fun sister dynamic, I think, definitely recognize that like annoyance with a little sibling like ruining your stuff and um i'm i went into this thinking i'm gonna feel more charitably about dawn than i have previous iterations and i felt that way halfway through the episode up until the minute she invites harmony into the house and then all my sympathy for dawn leaves (laughs) (laughs) so i think it's gonna be a hard season again that way I feel like that's going to keep happening. It's going to keep being tough looks for for Don and walking outside and getting fucking stolen. Like, God damn it, Don. Yeah, it's it's good to know that they originally pitched the characters as twelve year old, and that's how David Fury started writing the character was as twelve years old. So it makes a little more sense for the immaturity because you're kind of having to shoehorn in or being. I mean, it's only two years difference, but it's still a four. Like she's oh, only a year younger than when Buffy started the show, so mm-hmm. it's like that's or you know what was called. So it's. Like, there's a huge disparity in maturity level. But then it's like, the, there are some really sheltered kids out there. So maybe she, like, that's a legitimate way children act. I don't know. When I was 14, I was definitely not Dawn. You have superpowers in college, a studly yet sensitive boyfriend, and a pesky life or death job that I can't quit or even take a break from. She doesn't get the sacrifices. She's a kid. She's no. not a real person. She came two days ago with Dracula as the cover, and she's here. Yep. All the Dracula continuity in this episode, too. I feel like so it has to be one-to-one. Like, something about Dracula being here was, like, the perfect cover for the whatever the month. Oh, that's I, a good theory. To just pop they're in distracted and be like, enough to be like, we made a sister. Yeah. <laughs> 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 we made a sister. Just throw her in. Uh, broadly, I love this episode. Uh, it's just another, like, season five. Everything is perfect. Mm. I, I, Except I, on. No, even that. Like I, I already am immediately more charitable I, I about her existence. Really? Like, yeah, I mean, when Daniel and I watched this uh, in 2013, when it was the first time for him, and you know, the, whatever, 18th time for me, um, I, I hate, hated Don every every time. But I, I think you having a little sister really does make you immediately more empathetic. And I just like I, I started looking at her differently. And now this time, watching it again for the first time since then, really watching season five. Um, I already feel way better about yeah. her being around and everything. But I I thought it was just the HD glory of the copies that we have. But even watching this in, in standard definition, it's just like it still feels so much more cinematic. I don't know what it is. I think maybe just because of my reverence for this season or something clearly plays into it. But it's just like watching it feels so good. And we just have all this history now. We don't have to. It's so cool to reintroduce our friends when we are so well established and we have more money. And we are like just like everything about the series yeah. Feels great. That's it one feels of my like a thoughts every I, time. That's one of my thoughts that I had while watching this was just like, oh my god, we don't have to set up so much of this stuff because we are f- finally fully playing with people that we just know inside mm-hmm. and out. It We're must so be far... really fun to have characters that you don't have to explain any motivations for, and you just get to have them play around. Not that it's new and this happened literally this episode, but it did strike me during this. I was like, this is just 
what a fun thing that we can introduce a fucking random alien mm-hmm. into our world and have everybody just weirdly believe that it's real. And we all just buy it. Because we're and so everyone's solid reactions, and it's so good. And their reactions to Dawn feel totally appropriate. Like Dawn was always there, right? Riley would always be like this. Xander would always be the fun person. I mean, when I, the moment that I really loved Dawn was when she said that thing about Xander, when she's like, Xander treats everyone like an equal. He doesn't look down on people. Hello there, little girl. Even when he should. She's already got this whole world going on. And you're like, that feels true to life. Riley would. That, he doesn't know anything about kids, right? So he would just, hey, kiddo or whatever. He's like, I'm not a kid. But <laughs> but Xander definitely wouldn't do that. I yeah. totally buy that. Xander would be talking to her on her level and just being cool the way that Xander would be. And I, I love that. The uh, show is very good. It's really good. <laughs> Somebody should do a podcast about it. Uh, man. And, and uh, even like on a real life level apparently Christine Sutherland was really stoked about Michelle Trachtenberg being there every like she got along with everybody really well she worked really hard and it just Christine Sutherland specifically was like she really brought new life to the series because at this point it's like it's certainly the ship that sells itself we're just rolling all along we know exactly what we're doing so to have someone come in and like bring all this new energy and like we're trying to get back to basics what is a slayer what is all this and to have somebody like a new person to discover that Mm -hmm. with is like it all feels great. It feels really natural and it feels like, what a crazy idea, but we handling it very well. And that's the only way we can talk about this episode is through the eyes of Don, the person that's been here the whole time. Um, we get a little pre thing with Buffy. We're hammering home that Buffy is in fact trying to train in a new way and be this new person. We get an awesome shot of her stunt double doing that crazy fucking handstand on the little block and everything's very serene. Another one of those moments where other than Restless, we don't get a whole lot of this, where it's like just this really quiet, just a little bit of ambient music, and we're really focused in a room that we've never seen before and we'll never see again. The rocks, the crystals. Is Buffy somehow, is like, is there an energy thing, like a mystical, spiritual thing going on with those rocks before Dawn touches it? Like, obviously, it's just the sound that breaks the concentration, right? But the way that they, they, they focus on the rocks before Dawn comes in to say that, like, it's part of what's happening, is it just, but we've, do you think that Buffy's doing magic to the rocks, Station? Well, Buffy's doing magic to the rocks. <laughs> I mean, I think you can make that argument. I think about um, that Buffy birthday episode. Um, yeah, that's what I was thinking too. Which uh, season three episode, whatever, fifteen or whatever, where she's she turns eighteen. The Christian Mentum. What is the name of the episode? Consequences. You think about helpless. Right. <laughs> <laughs> because, like, that's how Giles tricks her. She's, like, staring into the amethyst or whatever, right? Yeah. Look at the flaw in the stone and the flaw within you. I forgot all about yeah. that. So it's, like, I just don't know if there's if that's supposed to be an element of it or if it's just, like, we need to show this because Dawn's about to fuck up the moment. Do you think she's doing magic to the rocks? Absolutely not. I okay. thought it was just for... I think that Buffy is using about rocks it. to balance on that beam... I think that you could argue that those rocks have some sort of magical ability because we know that magic exists and we've seen Giles hypnotize her with a rock before. Mm. It seems like it was just a fun, like, weird zen spiritual set piece yeah. to have Dawn mess with. Because yeah. like, if, you, if you believe in rock stuff, there are, there are rocks that are supposed to make you calm, so maybe that's all it was. I mean, th- those are quartz. I don't know if that has a calm thing. Are they quartz? Who knows? I just said a word and I'm not really sure that what I said. But... Yikes. They're, Just curious. They're translucent. Maybe yeah. Buffy's stunt double needed it. <laughs> that was in her rider. Yeah. I require a pile of rocks. No, like, well, we'll just put it in the episode. Yes. Okay, so how do you know if one's ore is dirty? 
Somebody come by with a finger and write wash me on it. But then we get the Dawn voiceover. Now we're here. We're, we're through the eyes of Dawn experiencing the the world that she's been in all along, right? So mm-hmm. the first thing we get is like the, the breakfast ballet thing, I think, is where we get Joyce and Buffy and we're all doing breakfast. And that what a great scene. I wonder if that was a nightmare to act because like everything has to be perfect, right? She has to grab the bowl right at the right time. She has to get the box of cereal. Joyce has to come in and grab the coffee. It seems like a lot to orchestrate. It's like a choreographed thing. I never understood why Buffy just didn't take the bowl that Dawn filled and eat it. Why? Yeah, right? Why not? Especially because she's been living with her forever. So she knows this has happened probably a lot of times. She definitely should have looked her straight in the eye and just took it out of her hands and been like, what are you going to do? Yeah. <laughs> also, I just love like opening the banana and then like being disappointed and like setting it down on the counter like full. Like, what? Also, I've never had bananas in my cereal before I my dad does pictures that of it. oh my, my mom dad does rocks it sure. okay yeah i've just never what we're twice. saying is buffy is an old soul buffy is an old soul <laughs> and joyce is immediately trying to foist dawn on to buffy mm-hmm. like can you take your sister with you because i've got the green show <laughs> so much to do at the gallery it's definitely real my job matters yes <laughs> well honey i've got the green showing tonight and there's so much to do to get the gallery ready. So one of the things that Joyce said, or that Dawn writes about in her diary, she's like, no one understands. If I had superpowers, I could definitely do what Buffy does. The first thing she's mad at is Buffy, really. Yeah. Um, which I I get because it seems like Buffy gets all the attention. She says in her diary, uh, Mom says that Buffy saves the world. So what she, you know, like what she does is important. So so what do we think about Joyce in this moment? Because we've constantly said she doesn't understand Buffy and she undermines her, and she will undermine her later in this episode. But, Stacia, do you think that Joyce is a good mom for telling her younger daughter, hey, you need to give Buffy some space. She saves the world. No, because she's not actually (laughs) reinforcing that. What a phrasing (laughs) of that fucking question. I'm appalled. I mean, Joyce is so infuriating through every step of this. She's like, Buffy, you have to take your sister back to school shopping. I'm very busy with the gallery. As you know, my money laundering business. Yes. That's definitely Selling Nigerian masks. <laughs> They're going well tonight. I mean, this is a, a big really, deal. Really, really big deal in the middle of this tiny, small California town. You have no appreciation of primitive art. You have to take your little sister back to school shopping. And she's like, okay, well, I'm going to the magic box. So I'm taking her there, too. Her mom's like, okay. She comes back and she's like, how dare you take her to the magic box? A murder scene. And Buffy's like, how could I have known? <laughs> you made me take her. Well, Buffy even brings up, she's like, Giles does mind dropping us off. You can't just say, yeah. Giles, take my daughter to the fucking mall because I don't want to deal with her. Also yeah. give Buffy a car. Let's go. Well, Buffy um, doesn't have a license. Yeah, she doesn't. Let's give Buffy a license. No, I'm driving. She's That's not true. a very good driver. She's bad at the driving. Thing. That's fair. Actually, no wheeling is more my specialty. I'm an avid pedestrian. Joyce threw Dawn says, Yes. Uh, I, John's like, I, I asked, told Mom I wish they would tell me what did they do with, together, but she got really quiet and told me to go upstairs. I guess her generation is just not cool with witchcraft. Right. So clearly this is a yes. gay comment. Uh, do What do we think about Joyce? I think it's probably more sex. I don't want to tell my daughter about yeah. sex. Or even just acknowledge, like it's probably a little bit of it. I don't want to even acknowledge it because we we don't talk about any of that stuff. You and, could say she's weirdly sexualizing Willow and Tara for immediately assuming sure. her her eleven year old daughter at the time or whatever is saying, "Hey mom, right, I want Willow to teach me gay sex instead of, <laughs> hey mom, I want Willow to teach me some magic." Like, why is that the first thing well, she a, jumps to that's that a great point. would be interested in? Oh yeah, no, that, and that's all true. She probably 
is. The more curious thing to me is it's just the time. Obviously, we're we're fucking with the the monk's memory, and I brought this up last week that's, too, where it's like that's it though. So like, last week she didn't know they were together, but now this week uh, in a past event she doesn't want Don around them because or not not around them, but just like doesn't want to deal with that the topic of that. And I think being charitable to Joyce, <laughs> as I want to do, mm-hmm. I agree with you, Daniel, that it's more just like oh, I don't, what do you mean sexy time? Uh, but then also even gay sex, like I don't want to I don't want to do it. Anyways. I think it's just a great line. Yes, it's just a, it's a laugh line for us. Ha. To say. That's Remember funny. when you had that awkward look last week? Here's an. <laughs> I'm confused though. Just to even go on your last question about the Joyce thing because the monks, right? I I'm not from super on board with them. I don't know what they look like. I don't really remember any of that. They're Italian monks from the 15th century. That's fine. I mean, they're not from the 15th century, if, but the sect has been around since the 15th century. You can say more, but it won't help me. Um, <laughs> I'm confused about the memories that they're implanting. They've right. clearly changed uh, the dynamic between Buffy and Joyce. And damningly, they know Willow person. and Tara is gay, but Joyce is <laughs> that's, that's very funny, too. That's what I mean. Yeah. It really opens up a big box of questions because they not only know that, which Joyce maybe never picked up on in real life, but also, like, they've changed the dynamic between mom and daughter. Like, it's it's very strange to see both of them talking about um, – what's her name, Dawn, without, you know, th- these are not the conversations they would have in real life. This whole thing about getting a babysitter in the future, like all that kind of stuff, B- Buffy was absolutely a latchkey kid. Joyce was never around. Yeah. Are you kidding me? So it's really interesting that they changed that. Like, well, how do they know to change that? Who are these monks? Because they changed <laughs> all of that too because there's no world that Joyce or even Buffy personally, their their own thoughts on this matter, if it was real, they would say, she's 14, leave yeah. her home. And so it's really weird that the monks have changed their their brains to be like, we need to protect on, obviously, protect her, right? That's the right. whole plan. It's the key. It's, it's really interesting. I mean, it's weird to see Buffy and Joyce, who are careless people, are just now like this tight unit. You know, That's a really great very strange. point. That that's a really great take on this. That the infantilization of Dawn, because I think that she's absolutely right when she's like, "I'm old enough to be a babysitter." What the fuck are you talking? Like, I was certainly left alone. Me too. When I from like the time I'm ten. Me too. So like, okay, but then look at how she acts the rest of the night when she's got adults trying to help her. I mean, great. She point. makes what a if, series of no, more, that's what I'm, sorry, more catastrophic there, like, decisions. What if that was the? That's even more of the monks' architecture, architecture, design, whatever. That's more of the 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 monks' designing is that they make her. This bumbling, I need to be taken care of thing because they need Buffy around her. They actually need her to be protected. But why would you want to create a key that's going to continually put herself in danger? Yeah, that's a, that's a great point, yeah. too. But yeah. if you need people to buy it. I can understand why you would implant within Buffy and Joyce the need to protect her. I don't know why you would create a key who's going to purposely get themselves into trouble. Are you, but Is the key, are they able to implant inside of Buffy the desire to jump off and sacrifice herself? Is that the whole point? They can't do that. No, yeah. The the only it's only the memories thing. As far as okay, I know, they so, can't they can't change will. It's just So yeah. I wanna believe in this version where we're talking about it, because I do agree with that. But I think the only way that you can make you can make Buffy if a sacrifice is necessary and you can't force her to do it. You have to make her fall in love with this oh, person. Oh, certainly. And, and they so all are. So the bumblingness yeah. of it is, I mean, maybe they've had a ton of iterations of whatever this plan is. And they're like, well, we'll try bumbling this time. You know, because before we just locked them up in a cage, essentially. Never got, you right. know, yeah, yeah. never had them leave. You don't fall in love with people like that. They have to have a personality. They have to be out in the world. They have right. to make choices that maybe be feel annoying, like them. Maybe. Be annoying, <laughs> piercing screams. Right. So I'm sure on some level, I, again, I don't think it, this, this is way too deep for what is really happening here, but 
But yeah. I like that. I like that. But that maybe, is interesting. I think that's a good excuse, for lack of a better term, for uh, the immaturity of Dawn. I don't is think that there's it's an intentional. excuse. I mean, the, I, the real either. excuse is that we wanted her to be 12. Fuck, we really like Michelle Trachtenberg. Yeah. Now she's 14. Yeah. I mean, we well, really what we movie. get from the monks is we Doug made... Doug wrote Harriet's butt. We made the key out of Buffy's blood <laughs> so that Buffy would feel the need to protect it. It's supposed to be more like this primal See, and, urge. And if that's true, then, no, it no, that kind is, of, uh, yeah. then that undermines everything I'm saying. That it, uh, If it's primal, then it doesn't matter what how Dawn is. You should have made Dawn a fucking like, homebody. Who never wanted to leave the house? You I mean, make her really. It's a better key. And, yeah. yeah, better key. Better key. Yeah. yeah. If yeah. it if there That's was true. no primal stuff, then you have to make her a real person. She has to actually have a personality and be a person so that somebody can fall in love with them and die for them. It seems like you'd want to create a key that has a healthy sense of self-preservation. That's a great, and all great points. <laughs> yeah, all great totally. points. Even even if they are bumbling and have a personality, they could also part of their personality is. I'm not gonna run out with vampires like on because I might have fucked up about the come inside, come inside and fight us. That is a mistake that anybody can make. Yeah, when we're but when you're this... running outside, that's yes. some shit that that's isn't excusable. Yeah. Let's go ahead and cut out the rebellious gene that we were gonna put <laughs> yeah, in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Let's save that for next time. But she wouldn't be a Summer's daughter if she weren't rebellious. <laughs> but you she's know not a mean? Summer's daughter. Yes, she is. Summer's blood. Thank you, Logic Boy. Did I mention this is a rant? Sense really has no place in it. You definitely already touched on the brief. Thing we get with uh, Riley and Don, which is just like mostly, I only see her every once in a while, and she's just like a little kid, so he just treats her as you know. Hey, how well, you the, doing? His interaction with uh, Joyce is very polite, mm-hmm. um, and it kind of signals like. I mean, he's it's probably what maybe the second fifth, time yeah. he's met Don. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, maybe. He doesn't know her at all. Xander's and, known her like on a almost daily basis for years since now. the day she was born. Well, then she was born. No, no. because Buffy moved to town. <laughs> oh, great point. Yeah. <laughs> Never mind. So it's been, it's been five years now. See, I thought I forgot. Where are my memories, monks? <laughs> uh, but Riley does have a comment in there in his thing, which is one of the two main comments for me um, that sort of like reiterate, like subtly, that she's like here all the time. Mm-hmm. Besides, I'm here to violate your firstborn. Never goes over with parents. I'm not sure why. Mm. You wouldn't say that if there was not another kid there. So it's right. like yeah. reiterating that Riley also knows fully that Dawn is part of this family. Yeah. It's really great. I mean, it's really good stuff, especially as we see him first in this episode before everyone else. It's just a cool way to, to have somebody comment on Dawn, who's just standing over there. And is it's not the, a ghost either. Is like, he the first one? No, I guess because Giles sees her. Yes, yeah, that's a great point. And I think you could, if you forgot about Giles, um, I, you wouldn't be forgiven to I be like, is this a explicitly says it though? No, definitely not. Riley definitely like underlines it with the firstborn with that, and also just come you know, interacting with her beyond Buffy and Joyce. Who I mean, shit, this person could be a ghost, man. We don't know what we do not get from Don regarding yeah. Riley is a, a reaffirmation of Buffy's boyfriend is so into her, like Riley's I, definitely. I wonder if they've had sex, yeah. I mean, <laughs> like, well, and I think that's another line that she's more. You know, grown up, then people are giving her credit for it, right? She knows what those things are. So. And it's another way to hammer home Riley is way more into Buffy than Buffy is mm-hmm. into him. The cracks, they're there. Yeah, Mom, I'm not going to Hogwarts. Genius, <laughs> oh. crack a book sometime. Oh, apparently Sarah Michelle Gellar, big fan of the Harry Potter series, so that's why they mentioned that this is not the first time and it won't be the last time. They say a lot, make a lot, a lot of Harry Potter references. What was but, the biggest thing in the world? Yeah, Buffy. especially right now. Yeah. Don and Giles in the new Pinos Mobile. Uh, keep saying, saying that. that. Spike makes the joke. It's not my fault. Oh, man. Okay. It is your fault because you it, keep saying it. Spike <laughs> Spike is not here. No one's making you say that. Giles is really short with Don, and I'm yeah. surprised. 
and it will affect his ranking. Well, so he probably did some shit to that crystal, those crystals. And it <laughs> fucked up my crystals. It fucked up the crystals, that. right. Uh, Sisha, do you think that Giles has, like, a simmering resentment of Don or something? Or like, I mean, it's an interesting dynamic because you get Don saying, nobody loves school as much as Willow, mm-hmm. and I do. So you would think that she would vibe with Giles yeah. on this nerd thing. Although on the same wavelength, we literally never hear that Don is smart ever again. <laughs> and, in yes. fact, in the season six, she's, like, a delinquent. Like, we yeah. just re- reaffirm that. And things have changed. Her sister died. She's gone through some trauma. Her yeah. mom's dead. Okay, okay, fair news. Yeah. But, yeah, you would think, because immediately Willow bonds with Giles because we like books. And Willow likes Don. Don. But I get it. When you are the Watcher, I mean, he definitely sees Buffy in some level as, like, his daughter, someone he wants to protect. He doesn't have that same connection with Dawn. She's just the Slayer's sister. But she is constantly putting the Slayer in danger, and I could see why you would resent that. Does he like kids? Like, does he like kids? I mean, I I don't know that part about him. We don't see him really interact with. Yeah. So it could just be that it's a kid. I mean, that's the thing, too, about the memories. I don't really know. Like, there could be deep down inside of Giles. Like, if if these memories are implanted, there could be a part of his brain that's like, this this is wrong. This is wrong. This feels wrong. Maybe he's just irritated that Joyce is like, hey, Giles, take my kid after school school shopping. This fucking kid is trying to change my goddamn music. Like, I mean, (laughs) that that too. I I think we're just just reiterating Dawn is so annoying. Even Giles is like, oh, you're in the camp with Xander for me. (laughs) It's true. Being called an idiot tends to take people out of the dating mood. It actually kind of turns me on. I fear you. <laughs> uh, I mean, that's where I put Don. Xander and Don are the annoying camp for Giles. I mean, well, they too. He's uh, made it clear to find Xander annoying. It's true. I don't know. I guess for me, because he has such affection for Buffy, that it seems strange that he wouldn't also have that kind of. Do you not think that he's? Thing. Does he not throughout the rest of the season no. have that feeling? Not even really. at the very end, even at all I, when it no, all I mean, crescendos, he's, he's just like smoking. He's cigarette, right like, fuck off. in the season finale. He's right that Don needs to die. Oh. For Buffy to save the world, and she stares him down. Is like, tell me again to kill my sister, Ooh. and like, Ooh. yeah, this season is the best. That is the best episode of this series. Spoiler alert for me. Um, but there's always a little bit of a detachment. He might get a line or two, like mm. we get with with Xander and Riley, where it's like, maybe you don't need to be so hard on her. But it doesn't feel the same. I don't know. I just feel like he should be more paternal to her. Why well, just not? I, then I think it's probably why just it's not his job because he's the dad. Okay, he's, he's, he's not the dad. Very he's important. the watcher. <laughs> he's not the dad. He loves Willow because she's nice and helpful and smart, and he can barely tolerate Xander. Well, and the monks are probably like, holy shit, we lucked the fuck out because this dude was about to bounce on us. That's true. And we didn't have any control over that, so fuck yeah, this guy's sticking around. <laughs> like, let's put some shit in his head. It's not really going to work that well. Also, we didn't plan for this fucker staying around, so we got to make up something really fast. Fuck it. All right. I really like your take of bringing it back around to the reality of the spell where it's like that being a, a kind of a presence there because I never think about it because we're not really supposed yeah. to especially not now before we know the truth of everything but like the idea that they just didn't engineer Giles that way or that Giles yeah. is resistant to the spell a little bit just because like he's it falls like, apart almost immediately but because I still like it it's such a fun harmony thing. because harmony knows her like everybody yeah. just knows her and accepts it. And I love that. I just love yeah. the power that it they It doesn't can... seem like it's an individual. No, thing. no, no. We have to no. pick out the people that might run into her because it's like a blanket. The world Which is, is so nuts. It's wild. Yeah. Like, it really falls apart in the internet age because it's like everyone who's anyone. Like, Dawn has always existed. Like, Facebook. And oh, like I know, I know. You would have to create well, all of those things. there's pictures of her, right? Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, like, I don't think that that would fall apart. It's like they, like, fundamentally changed the world oh, and that, made her. That's so huge, right? That's yeah. so big. I have a hard time doing, like, simple research things and I get so overwhelmed so 
easily. This would be the most over, uh, overwhelming thing anyone could possibly do. Yeah, what Engineering a life Holy shit. into existence. Yeah. Globally. Fuck. Mm. Shut up. Don, I'm handling this. Shut up, Harmony. So in the ride from Buffy's house to the magic box on Maple Court that has taken longer than it ever has in the series, unless we forget, no one drives and we've oh, walked yeah. this route many times and yet in the car it seems to take years to get there. Yeah. We see Willow and Tara on their way also presumably to the magic box. Who knows what they were doing? Maybe they were just getting coffee. No, they're getting coffee. Yeah, they do yeah. get coffee, right? Mm-hmm. They're at the Expresso Bomb. And Don sees her favorite ants, which is yes. how David Fury describes them and how they're supposed to be betrayed and how they definitely are betrayed. Willow's the awesomest person. She's the only one I know who likes school as much as me. Even her friends are cool. Hey, Don. Like Tara. She and Willow are both witches. They do spells and stuff, which is so much cooler than slaying. I love their relationship. I love them as the cool aunts. Mm -hmm. I I love that Don has such admiration for them and is just, like, so interested and thinks that they're so neat and because Willow's so smart and, like, even her friends are neat. It's just very fucking cute. And especially as the season goes on and after Buffy dies, that Willow and Tara become her parents, mm-hmm. basically. Like, they're the ones taking care of her. They're the ones there for her. And it's just, like, so cool to have them. And what a cute moment. Obviously, I think Willow and Don's relationship is, and, and Tara, by proxy, too, is, is the best relationship out of all of Buffy's friends. Willow seems to be the only person who actively enjoys being around her. Tara has something else going on inside of her brain, too. Because she constantly, and has always constantly, felt that Don has been a part of the group because clearly she she's the one that here. notices Don is outside right. alone. So I, so I think that's a subtle thing too where it's like something with Tara because she's also mysterious. She's picking up on things that the audience also feels like obviously we know she's not real. Something's wrong here. And Tara even saying that it's all it's really nice. That was great writing. Whoever wrote that scene with Tara and Willow it's fantastic because it was like saying the things about Dawn but they really are talking about Tara, you know, this outsider. Yeah, a vehicle for it. Yeah. But I also like it, too, because it's not totally just a one-to-one, because I do believe Tara when she's like, I don't need to be a part of the Scooby gang. No, I think I, she's I do just feel a really, like, she's like, sweet, supportive person that can be like, I don't need to be, like, you don't have to. It, I, I will be, but, like, I don't need to force your hand in this. Yeah. I don't need to do that. Well, because, because for Willow, it's very important that she feels like she is. And, and Tara's like, don't worry about me. Worry about Dawn. I feel bad for Dawn. I think Dawn is getting a, a rough go of this but don't worry about me yeah and i I think that makes it even more sad what happens to her maybe i can talk to the rest of the group and we can do something some kind of scooby initiation oh maybe we can wear some kind of special ring that identifies us as members i don't think so but maybe something like that would be nice for dawn do worry about her sometimes tara it doesn't seem like it seems like she's just making an observation, and it's a neutral one, which is, I'm not part of your group. Yeah. Which isn't a negative Dude. statement. It's Willow's not. immediately like, I want to fix it. And Tara's like, you don't need to fix it. I'm just saying the reality is, I'm not part of your group. Dawn isn't either, but it bothers her. Yeah. And I'm worried about her. And I love that. And that's that's great. That's great stuff. And, Do- and like, Tara's caring about Dawn carries over so much that she gets her fucking brain sucked out of her head because she's protecting Dawn. Like, yeah. we establish immediately... With just one little scene of them sitting outside and then obviously with the Willow and Tara in their dorm later that Tara cares about her and notices her maybe more than anybody else. And that's kind of Tara's role. What limited we get about her is her noticing stuff when people, when yeah. everyone else isn't paying attention, she's mm-hmm. there. Do you want to thumb wrestle? Okay. And you know what's wild? That scene with Willow and Tara in the dorm room uh, was not in the, in the script originally. Really? They added it after the fact because the episode came in short and they were like, 
uh, when Dave Fury and, and David Solomon were talking about this during the commentary, they were like, how did we not put the scene in here? Like, it felt like something was missing, like we needed something more to tie it in. And can you imagine, like, the scene not being in there? Like, Terry gets one fucking scene on the sidewalk with the fucking thumb wrestling thing, oh, and not God. this, which is so not only important for her relationship with Don, but Tara as a character, because we get that super subtle glance of when uh, Willow says, you know, you're one of the good guys, and her looking away. Mm-hmm. Like, that is... So good. That's what I mean. The mysteriousness of it. Yeah. You still, I don't know as a watcher, wh- who, you know, what's going on. Yeah. Not only do we have the Don mystery, but oh yeah, don't forget, Tara did that weird shit with the spell. I'm glad they said it was afterwards. Strange. That makes a lot of sense because that was a really great encapsulation of like the whole episode. It makes very clear that they knew the whole episode and the whole arc of it that they stuck with and they added this scene. That mm-hmm. that feels really good. So Xander and Anya and Don. Awesome. Uncle Xander. Uh, what was the line that David Fury said about this? Don has a crush on Uncle Xander. Maybe we don't phrase it like that and never talk but about it But it's totes true. It is 100% true. I love and the monks who are just like, yeah, let's let's do this. And comic spoilers, they do end up together. They which absolutely is end up together. Gross. <laughs> it doesn't happen right away or anything. No. But it's certainly... It's until... Uh, she has to become eight. a giant and it's a whole thing. I don't think it's until season nine. Or maybe it's the end of season eight. It's season eight. Is but it, the end yeah, of season eight, yeah. right? Because she becomes a giant. And they, well, because uh, so. Xander's with that other girl who dies from mm-hmm. the, the other sliders. Yeah. Seven Do they know that they don't know her? Is that also a thing? Does that ever happen? They know that they don't actually know her? That she is not really her Buffy's sister? Does that ever come up? Oh, yeah. Once oh, yeah. it's all broken? Okay, well, that's but, also another But see, another that's the thing. Too. That's why the spell is so powerful, and that's why the idea, like, the monks. Yeah, yeah, Smart yeah. guys. Smart guys. Uh, it doesn't matter that they know nothing changes, and they bring that yeah, up yeah. multiple times. Okay. Because, like, the memories are real. Like, they can't, un- even though she's not real, they never take They couldn't throw her on the street and feel good about themselves. And yes, say, gotcha. exactly. <laughs> I get it, I get it, I get it. Okay. Clearly, Dawn does not like Anya Stacia, do you also think that funny. she doesn't like Anya just because she's with Xander, or she doesn't like Anya for other reasons? Um, I mean, I think she doesn't like Xander, or doesn't like Anya because she's with Xander, but also because Anya's an annoying personality. It's like, hey, kid, here are these kid board games. Ooh! Yeah. Fun times! <laughs> like, she, she's trying so hard to, like, meet her on a kid level, and Dawn's like, I hate when people do that. Right. And she explicitly says, he never talks down to anybody. Anya walks into the frame, even though he should. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so, boom, it's, there you it's go. It's <laughs> really sad that Don thinks that Xander's too good for Anya, though. I think it's funny that the truth. monks made this happen. What's going on, it's guys? So I mean, it would be interesting to see the details of the spell, because I feel like this is a really common thing where, like, a younger sibling will have a crush on sure. an older sibling's friend. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Playing the game was really great, and her just misconstruing everything that Xander's doing for her own, like, what was it? She's, like, ice cream all over oh, her face, yeah. and she's, she's like, she sees me as a woman. It's just Horrible. so good. There's no it's way so she funny. wouldn't know that's dripping down her face. But you got to think the monks somewhere are like, we so, did it. We planned this moment. It's great. I know we kind of already talked about this, but like, do you think that Dawn would need a babysitter at 14 years no, old? No, absolutely not. I think she does. Wait, so what you're saying is if I can get an acceptable babysitter here before you leave, I can go patrol. Babysitter? I'm 14. I'm old enough to be a babysitter. And who are you going to get on such short notice? Xander. Xander? Okay. Do you think that Dawn specifically needs a babysitter, not because of her age or maturity level, but because because the ever-present no. threat of vampires and like demons attacking no. her house? No, just because Dawn's immature. Yeah. <laughs> no. no, I mean, we see her in this episode invite Harmony in and then leave the house when she knows vampires are lurking around outside. Like... 
She could so not what else been, could she have done? She, like, could you imagine what would have happened if Harmony had come and she was there alone and she's like, yeah, come in here and say that to my face. And then Harmony just kills her. Yeah. I mean, that's the end of that. Bye. Bye, Key. Bye, Buffy sister. <laughs> bye, Key. And bye, season five. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Credits roll. Season six starts a year yeah. from now. Although that's curious <laughs> because, like, if Dawn ceases to exist, then that means that... <laughs> Glory can't open the gate to hell, and therefore there is no conflict in Glory. Just it seems like they didn't write in any of that for a reason. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but really painting yourself against the wall. I mean, I have, I have to assume this is not the first time that Dawn has put herself in danger, and Buffy has had to try to save the day, or yeah. Buffy's friends have had to try to save the day. There's a reason why no one wants Dawn to be alone, which is she makes really bad choices. And this is the moment where I like lose sympathy for her because up until now it's really frustrating, and I get to be. Like, the kid sister who's, like, older sister is frustrated having to deal with you and taking you after school shopping or, like, before school shopping or whatever. But her inviting Harmony in, willing to let that slide as a mistake, she didn't think about that as an invitation. So I was just going to ask, do you agree with Buffy's kind of rampage about, like, you're turning into a useless little idiot that's going to get us all killed? Well, okay, so Dawn is, one, listening. Yeah. Yeah. And she's hearing all these things, and I get that it's hard, but also you, like, you fucked up. Like, own that you fucked up and say, I learned from this and I'm not going to do it again. But instead of doing that, she immediately turns around and makes another bad choice. And I think Buffy's right to a certain extent. Like, she is acting like a useless little idiot. And instead of Dawn saying, like, you're never going to say this about me again because I'm going to make different choices in the future. She just doubles down on her dumbness. And this, like, continues to be a theme, I feel like, and why it's so frustrating. She's like, they treat me like a baby. I'm going to run outside and get murdered by vampires to show them I'm not a baby. And you're just like, ugh. Because Buffy is right. Like, she was basically Dawn's age when she was called to be a vampire slayer and say, oh, well, she was destined she had to deal with it. Okay, well, what about Xander and Willow, who were basically the same age who aren't destined and still were smart enough to know better like this isn't this isn't a hard concept it's a basic concept killing things with wood oh scary vampires they die from a splinter but the moment she leaves you get buffy saying like i'm basically just saying i'm really scared i can't protect her like i'm some she's gonna do something and i'm not gonna be there to save her i can't watch her 24 hours a day exactly so, like, you understand why she's so mad. Is it not that she's necessarily mad at Dawn, but she's scared that Dawn's going to get hurt? And yeah. meanwhile, Dawn's like, Mare! like, throwing a fit about the whole thing. And it's like, you know, from Buffy's perspective, she's got so much pressure on her to save the world, but also to look after her kid sister who's constantly getting in trouble and just being annoying. Yeah. But you love her, and you're like, you know, I'm being hard on her because she needs to know the world is scary and hard, and I'm not always going to be here. Like, I died once. I might not live to Station. take care of her. Oh, you're reminding us. I can't let it go. Because, you know, like, that's what I feel like Buffy should be using that a lot more. And this has been a theme before where she said that to Willow and Xander. Like, I can't be here to protect yeah, you guys yeah, totally. all the time. Like, I have to do this yeah, alone. That's true. And so to have that pressure of, like, I need to keep Dawn safe. Like, my life is inherently dangerous and yeah. she is here. But she's making bad choices. And to be so mad, like, mm. you didn't even do the bare minimum. Everybody else seems very weird about Buffy, like, on a rampage. Mm-hmm. And I guess for me, when I was watching this, I was just thinking, about the you know about the monks and stuff just knowing that now I'm like what did they do to her memory like does she have things that the gang doesn't know about 
you know, in terms of like the fuck up nature, like has mm-hmm. she fucked up a ton of times mm-hmm. in the past? Like, or do they have memories of that? And like now that we know that the memories don't really get wiped away and we know that she's not the sister or whatever, but like we can't throw her away. Do those memories still exist then of all of her fuck ups? as well, a kid? The memories don't get wiped away. I know. That's what I'm saying. They don't yeah. go away. Right. So yeah. like, but they're, but even, but they're all made up. Yeah, I wish we did a little bit more in the series, have a little fun, like, well, remember when Dawn and Angel, blah, 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 because it's it that would be so fun. It just really fleshes out what who, what she was around for and how she played into it. I feel like we, I'm glad they didn't do it one way or the other in the end, just because you, you don't put yourself in situations where you can't write yourself out of and you're retconning a lot of stuff because yeah, yeah. now you got to shoehorn Dawn in. Uh, but one easily explainable thing that they could have done, and again, I'm glad they didn't, was just say that she had been living with Hank for a while sure like that when when angel came in and almost killed my mom or or when spike came in or this is ted remember when faith came for christmas or all this stuff like you could just say she wasn't there yeah she was with hank but i'm glad they don't do that because that would seems disingenuous because hank does not have time no for children <laughs> let us ever forget yeah. um but it, I think it would be fun to, to do that a little bit more. It would be interesting. But I mean, I think I'm, I'm on your, on your team. I, for me, it's, I felt watching it that it was harsh. I guess I just, I wanted to understand why they weren't on more of her side. That's all. But yeah, I think you're totally right. And the fact that we watched our friends be fourteen, fifteen, mm-hmm. and, and not, taking and on the world, it's like, ah, oh, damn, yeah, she I really mean, is incredibly immature for like what she could be about to step into if she was. The Slayer, right. you know? Well, and especially because while this was happening to Buffy at Dawn's age, Dawn would have been nine and watching it happen oh, sure. to Buffy. Like, this isn't a new thing. I mean, she's new. But in her memory, yeah, this yeah. is a thing she has also been dealing with for four years. Yeah. Which is why she, I mean, like, says that line of, like, she grew up in this house. She knows yeah, I know. And old. that's the other yeah. big one from Buffy. Like, yeah. she grew up in this house. Like, oh, but she, yeah, then she right. immediately undercuts, or Riley, or Xander. Xander undercuts her argument immediately by saying she, Joyce just let Dracula in fucking last week, guys. Well, not only Dracula, but Drusilla and Angel yeah. and Spike. And, yeah. And I, she, I, I'm so shocked says, they didn't you know, bring all that up. It's different because she's lonely or whatever. I, but Buffy even says, the vampire. Of all the people, for you to guess is a goddamn vampire, fucking Dracula. The guy who looks like Dracula because he... He is Dracula. Okay, but there is a difference between a stranger that you don't know, Joyce making a bad call. And, and Harmony, who's and a Harmony who today, I guess. Yeah, you and, know is a vampire yes. who's actively threatening you. Buffy made a good point right there. <laughs> I wouldn't invite Harmony in before she was a vampire. <laughs> yeah. But also just like, you don't know. Like, they're clearly a gang of people that just threw a rock in her fucking window. Right. With vamp face on, threatening yeah, yeah. to kill your sister. I thought it was subtle, though. It makes it, while it was a bonehead move, and obviously running away was really the worst part of it. Yeah. I like that they did it like that though like she made the mistake that anybody could have made she's a kid she's saying threatening things one of the things that we say as slang is come over here and show us and that's why the dialogue was really good because it was one point after the other after the other and it's like oh yeah i totally agree with xander and it's like ah buffy's right yeah and it's like oh yeah riley was right oh but buffy's right too and it's like ah damn everyone's just right yeah everyone's right and then dawn runs out and gets attacked yeah. by the For what it's worth, she doesn't run away, run away. She goes onto her goddamn porch and is like, I'm but, sad. Well, you vampires. <laughs> we established. And Anya's like, it's not safe. Yeah, right. Come back inside. Come inside. <laughs> and then she wasn't like, oh, yeah, you're right. That was stupid of me. She fights Anya. 
and then gets attacked by the vampires still lurking outside. Like, it's so infuriating. That's why Dawn is so irritating. Listen, it all happens real fast. And then, then, so just jumping forward, because now I have to rant about Dawn. It's so irritating that she's like, "Mm, everyone thinks Mommy's so special. And then the minute she gets in trouble, she's like, my sister's going to kill you. And you get that scene with the guy who's had his brain sucked by Gloria, although we don't know that yet. And she tries to go, Buffy, and the guy stops her. Like, she immediately runs to Buffy the minute she That's a safe place, yeah. Yeah. Exactly, but she doesn't recognize that Buffy's doing those things for her. Yeah, well, because she she does, though. That's the thing. It's like, you're a kid, right? Like, we can argue about the 14, how mature she is, but still, on some level, you get jealous and you get mad, but then, like, that instinctual, fuck, Buffy's the safe place. And I love that Riley even says, like, she looks up to you. She she loves you. Would your idol spill stuff? And he's like, come on, Buffy. Yeah, come on, lady. Like, she is. So you think that Don should be more (laughs) grateful and aware of... I'm not saying that she needs to be, like, grateful, like, oh, Buffy, thank you so much for saving my life. But, like, I don't, she's just so bitter towards Buffy, and yet she uses her as a crux. Yeah, well, of course. And I just, I get that same feeling with Dawn that I get with Xander, which is, why don't you do something then? Yeah. Why do you I mean, you, sit around you and like whine read, about you it? You like to do whatever you could help, and she does. She does going forward, but right now we need, we need her we gotta to establish. He's we gotta brand establish. new. We just established brand new little sister dynamic. Got to do it. They don't respect me. They pretend they do, but deep down they think I'm nothing. I mean, I'm the one who put this group together, me. But they treat me like I don't even matter. Do you have any idea what that feels like? A little. They have no idea how much pressure I'm under. I have to make all the hard decisions. And it's hard. Dawn's line at the end, um, mm. where she basically just says they have no idea what's in store for them. Yes. Do you think that's an intentional mislead by the writers to th- imply that Dawn is dangerous uh, or is the big bad or just evil in any other way, shape or form? Um, or what? Like, is that just her, you know, like a, her wanting people to know that I'm really cool and people are going to find out how cool I am, just like an aspirational thing? Or what What do you feel about that line? I mean, it's hard because I know what Dawn is, so it doesn't seem threatening. Yeah. I, I'm trying to think back to the first time I watched it. I don't think I thought it was threatening either. I like that read, though, and I kind of wish they had, like, questioned. Push that a little bit more, right? Like, what are her intentions? Why is she here? Why does no one know that she shouldn't be here? Yeah. And they do. In the episode where we find out Dawn is the key, they do make you feel through the whole episode that she is evil. She's a bad thing. Yeah. But well, there even was that guy. I mean, I, like you guys know, Gloria, Ben, or whatever, sucked the brain. I didn't have a funny fucking idea. I'm like, who the fuck is this guy? <laughs> so I was right, scared right. by this guy showing up. And yeah. I, that's the first moment when you're like, oh, yeah. there's shit going on here. And then the yeah. stupid Miss Muffet bullshit. Was like, that was stupid. But like, yeah, wow. That, I mean, that was scary. And. Uh, I was waiting for like some ominous music at the end or something, but they didn't really go that route either. So it did leave it ambiguous. But that's cool. They, yeah, that's that, a good point. They could have ratcheted it up. You're right with like scary music or something, but they don't really play it. They, I think they go right down the middle in a in a smart way. Because even the crazy guy, you could just be like, oh, that's a random random meth person. Head. Yeah, <laughs> Sunnydale. For You're the about Muspeth one block thing. away from the bad part of town. Yeah, yeah, yeah right. exactly. Always one block away from the bad part. The docks are right over there. But it's it's interesting because Dawn certainly has no idea who she is. She doesn't no. know if she's the key. She doesn't 
one way or the other. So it's a weird line for her to write. Like we don't. I know just, that I'm yet. curious what she wants to know. Like, don't I don't know think that. it's weird. I, don't I think, think it's, it's weird one at of all. those things. And I mean, this episode feels very much like Clarissa explains it all to me. Like those like '90s shows where you've got like a female narrator who's like mm, talking about yeah. things in her head or whatever, where she's like, "They don't know what I'm capable of, but I'll show them. Yeah. I'm yeah. gonna be really okay. impressive and cool, and they're never gonna see me as a kid again." And I think that's how I've always taken that line. Yeah. and that's is probably it a, why it works. So. It is it a red herring, sure. I mean, yeah, because we know that Dawn's not a fucking evil monster, right? So it does look back. You know, watching it now, you're like, "Oh, that's good," because yeah. it's just good. It's just like that hooks you in. Like if you were thrown off by the by the beginning of uh, at the end of the last episode and the beginning of this one where we reintroduce her and it's not a fucking dream, um, then something like this is like, oh, cool. All right. This is going to be our big bad or it's at least going to be related to it. And it totally is related to it. Like but but what she's writing is definitely just like, I'm going to show Buffy. I'm going to be cool. Yeah. One day I'm going to learn algebra and then I'm going to do I'm going to win a math contest <laughs> you know something like that it's just going to be something so stupid and not, like doesn't matter I think the line never sat right with me because I could only read it as as a, as a thing from the writers yeah I could only read it as uh, sure like watch out Dawn might be the bad guy yes I think that's it why wouldn't why wouldn't because you do it, it that felt, that's for, a perfect why it doesn't ending. sit right with me because it, it doesn't feel like something that someone would genuinely just write down oh definitely people would write that down but, yeah, I would yeah. definitely write I, that down yeah. I've definitely written versions of that down yeah I'll show them. I'll show them. I'll get my revenge. Yes, I mean, and she starts by saying, nobody knows who I am. Yeah, totally. No one understands the real me name of the episode. (laughs) I will show them. (laughs) Siri did mention, he's like, when he was like, I think I might have done the real me me thing too hard in the episode because I made Harmony say it and I made Don say it. But I think it, I don't feel it. I didn't catch the the Harmony one. I think it was totally fine. That was great. She still thinks I'm little Miss Nobody. Just her dumb little sister. Boy, is she in for a surprise. Let's get to yelling, shall we? Yes. I know we've been talking a long time, but yes. there's always more to say. It's a good what episode. What a great episode of television. I wasn't expecting this to be so good. Um, Daniel, do you want to start us off? Uh, Dawn's got a third eye blind poster on her wall. Thank you. I was like... I'm going to try to pay attention to these posters, but I know Daniel will not let me down. No. Dawn sets like I do, which is not crisscross applesauce, but like one leg on top of the other. That is also how I sit because I can't Chris do the room. Crisscross applesauce. So the traditional cross-legged when? is you make more like a pretzel with your legs. Where when? your feet when? are under each. When she's writing, when she's in, writing in her diary. Oh, on okay. her bed. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, so you, normally when people cross their legs, their feet go under the opposite knee. Yeah, uh, yeah. okay. So it looks like a pretzel, right? You're like this. Yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, she sits with just one leg on top, like foot this. across. Oh, yeah. oh We're doing okay. The, the I Dream of Genie, not oh, yeah, wow. the I Dream of Genie. Whoa, okay. Yeah. And you do that? Yeah, I do That's that. That's how I sit, too. I, I, for me, it's because my, uh, my legs are really fat, so I can't really super do that comfortably, the pretzel comfortably. But I don't know, yeah. It's always hurt my ankles to do the pretzel. I can't do that. <laughs> Most people, oh, apparently, man. it hurts their knees to Oh, fuck yeah, it hurts. Like oh, that. fuck it hurts. Oh, my God. Yeah. Can't do that. Holy shit. Pretzel all day. Nice. No. Pretzel yeah, for life. I like nice. the genie. Oh, my God. Yeah, me too. Guys, what's wrong with you? I remember when I was little, my aunt was like, you are sitting wrong. <laughs> <laughs> I've a lot of people that are like, are you okay? I would never, ever, I didn't even notice. I would never notice. I've never I, noticed before. I, I was just like, wow, that's a really big sock she's wearing. And then I was like, wait, look at how she's sitting. Yeah. She's sitting wrong right. <laughs> the wrong right. But she's got like the biggest man sports sock on. Like one of those ones you'd like Shit. pull up to your Chips knee. Yeah. And but had how a bunch around this? her ankle. How did I fucking miss this? Buffy, Make it a watch. Bringing back the midriff. 
out yeah, of nowhere. So much midriff. It looks good though. It doesn't feel weird. Like it doesn't feel dated nineties midriff. It feels like fashion midriff. Do people still do that? Is it the Puma? Yeah, Is that the, the only one though? Uh, no, no, she does it earlier in the episode too, or later in the later, episode. Later. Yeah, with the uh, red halter and the jean jacket. Uh, no, definitely think that's like a nineties, early two thousands thing. Everyone's still all about those high rise jeans. Crop tops, oh, yes, doing it but too, not yeah. like the hip area, more like under the boob area. Oh, okay. I feel like is more current trends. Gotcha. People, you know, I mean, even for someone who's very skinny, that can be a really unflattering look. Well, SMG looks great. No, she looks great, but I'm just saying, like, if she sits down, she might get, like, a weird paunch at her mm. jeans because the jeans are pulling into her stomach. It's not that she's fat. It's just the way human bodies are. Yeah. But Oh, yeah, because low-rise jeans were definitely all the early 2000s, which is what you need for that look. You're yeah. right. It, well, now, because high-waisted came back, you would yeah. not be able to. No, I mean, I think she looks cute, which is weird because it's a weird outfit. Cause it's a cut-up t-shirt, very... yeah. Casual, but that's pretty timeless, though. Exercise-y. I think but the bottom, she's got, like, sort of a dressy skirt on mm-hmm. and a jeweled, Oh, yeah, sorry, the skirt thing. Yeah. Like, um, dangly belt. Yeah, it's like a cinch on the uh, skirt. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it, like, hangs down the side. Yeah. So it's, like, this sort of, like, casual, dressy combo. They style her so well. Like, she looks good this season. I'm not going to let Joyce off the hook here. She, which is also very interesting, though. Uh, so there was only one milk carton for all of them. That doesn't seem proper. What? In a house with multiple people, you gotta buy like, that shit every okay. single day. That's true. It does seem like they they They're all eat cereal. cereal. Um, it's not enough, but for it's their only dairy one needs. half gallon. That's true. It's not enough. It's there not could be enough. another half gallon in there. Mm, clearly there wasn't. Clearly there's not. Whoa! <laughs> what is this shit? Whoa. I had to think for a second. And Why are you constantly making excuses for Don's voice? Look, Damn. That's what Don I'm here to do. Don couldn't the milk state. The only reason, the, your only thing, Kelly, is you say, she. this just happened. Clearly she was buying milk for two people, and now we have a third. Oh! <gasps> And we didn't know, right? Like, it, this was fine the for before. The monster didn't check on the grocery sitch. We're well, really reading into this. It's literally just supposed to illustrate that Dawn's the annoying little sister. So but the, I love that reading. Yes. So I mean, that's what I thought. I was like, if we're going to give Joyce any pass here, it's that she didn't get to buy big enough milk. Although she would in this world now. However, it does not excuse her from the past because past Joyce would have bought big milk. So she would have seen the small milk and she should have thought, holy shit, how did small milk get into my... I always buy a gallon, for, buy my a gallon for my three-person family. Why is this small thing here? Cognitive distance uh, spell is deteriorating. <laughs> <laughs> she has an aneurysm right there. <gasps> That's not funny. The body is the next episode. Too soon. <laughs> because of the milk. <laughs> there was a poster outside of the magic box that was advertising leftover salmon at the bronze yes. at 8 p.m. Just to jump on that, we got more WSP, more widespread panic. Uh, it's also in Don's room. And uh, they're advertising their spring tour, which will get you higher than you'll ever need to be. <laughs> or higher than you'll ever be, sorry. The higher than you'll <laughs> ever really be. Need to be uh, but that's allowed to be in Don's room, higher than you'll ever be. Um, but we can't talk about sex. No, thank you. Uh, Todd Snyder is playing on Friday at the Bronze. Yeah, I saw that. He's a real person. Is he? Is he, Leftover Salmon not real? Is that what you're uh, talking left- No, they're all real. All of them are real. Uh, Leftover Salmon is playing on Saturday at the Bronze. Uh, Todd Snyder, however, on the bottom of his poster, it says uh, that you can go to oboy.com. Oh, please. You went to oboy.com? I did, and it's not a thing anymore. Oh, yeah. oh. Oboy.com. It's very hard to see. But oboy.com, not a thing. But he is very much a thing. Very much still a person. Yeah. Yeah, right over there. There's your Leftover Salmon. Mm-hmm. Right next to Leftover Salmon. There's a, a printout of the cover 
of Alternative Press Magazine. Well, it says AP right there, right? Is that what oh, is that the one right there? Yeah, yeah that's yeah, right. Yeah. Who's on that? Who's on that AP? Is it Slater Kinney? I don't know. No, it's not Slater Kinney. That's episode one, or episode. That's issue one twenty six of Alternative Press Magazine, the most anticipated records of nineteen ninety nine, oh. featuring Rage Against the Machine. No shit. And uh, what were they hyping that year? No doubt, new record coming out. Sure. Uh, Chris Cornell, R.I.P. Bush, new record, Rage, obviously. Deftones, heard of it? White Pony, maybe? Coming out. Uh, Nine Inch Nails, new record. Uh, I don't know. Fucking if... the Fragile, that's, yeah. Boom. Uh, Wallflowers, new one. Getting some Dylan up in there. And Ice Cube, don't forget. So. No shit. Those were the uh, big um, ones. Return to... to Saturn would have been the No Doubt record, right? I don't remember. Because that's the one that came after Tragic Kingdom, I believe. Maybe. Wow. Who knows? But anyways, nineteen ninety. Is that Battle for Los Angeles for Rage, then? That would be Battle. Yeah, yeah. 2000, yeah. Wow. So very, very cool. And a leftover salmon. I don't. I've never heard of them. No. Or Todd Snyder. So. Did you pop in and hear the music silence? No, I didn't. You? But we will if you want to go to our uh, later. Don't gonna, worry, it'll be on the guy. It'll be on playlist, our playlist. Whatever yes. their number one track on Spotify is, should they exist on Spotify? So Giles casually breaks into the magic box. I mean, Stacia pointed this out, so I can't take full credit. But like, they're you know Tara's doing that. looks like it's pretty dark in there and then also Giles basically does the equivalent of ah! and just breaks right into the fucking magic box like that's what they did to look for Dracula so I'm not sure why you're surprised <laughs> I mean they, they got versed in it last week history with of breaking yeah. and entering but still the yet another example of how well established we are in this show no. we don't have to talk about breaking no, and entering we no. just do it Looks like someone's put together a new fang club well I've cross-checked the inventory list and things are definitely missing mostly books including a treatise on the mythology and methodology of the vampire slayer. Oh, shoot. Was that the only copy? Come on, Buffy. This could be very serious. Whoever's leading this pack of vampires appears to be interested in learning more about you. Perhaps searching for weaknesses or... Good Lord. What? Well, I had no idea the profit margins on a shop like this were so high. I thought it was really cute to see Giles, who was looking through that book for information or whatever, was like, oh, the profit margins. And then you're just wandering around looking like, I'm going to invest in this place. But the best line is, I bet the death rate keeps the rent down. It's He's probably dark. right. I'm sure he's right, but still, it was so dark, but I just love it. I was like, yes, go entrepreneur, Giles. Yeah, I said, I Giles, this. British as hell, sees a dead body, and seeks to immediately take in profit from that person's hard work. <laughs> so that is absolutely what Giles said. He's just like, fuck this dead body. Also, what are we going to do, hack this thing into pieces and throw it in a river? Like, No, they're going to call the police. When? They're just wandering Don't about the, the place, police. touching everything. <laughs> this is an active crime scene. has like, hey. fingerprint technology. Hey. They absolutely do not. I am not going <laughs> to even comment. No comment. But it's very funny that he's just like, I'm just going to buy this place. Fuck it. Buy it from who? His estate? What does his family think? The hell with Giles. I can hear you, Willow. How did Willow assess so quickly that the thing missing from that display case was a unicorn? Yeah. She's looking at an inventory sheet. Yeah. I'm sure it does not say. Okay, two things. I don't think Brad bought that. I don't think he bought it. Thinking he just stole it when they killed <laughs> killed the shop owner, right? Two. How would she know this item that's on the inventory sheet with all the other items yeah. on the inventory sheet must be the thing? Because the way that this guy, Mr. Bogarty, laid out his inventory was in the display case, there is one unicorn, one gem dragon, one pig's foot. Yeah. Like, and every maybe. time he changes them, he's like, bring out the book. we got to change the book for that when I die so people system. know. Jesus Christ. An impossible system. But I do like the world wherein before they kill Mr. Bogarty, Brad 
just innocently walked up, bought the unicorn, left, and then they returned to kill him later that That's night. incredible. Why would he break the spot where the unicorn was? <laughs> to frame himself so nobody knows that he bought it? They all think right. he stole it, right? right. <laughs> <laughs> There's another, dim- another dimension. Another world where Brad is like a really sweet guy who just obeys all the rules and like is really law-abiding, but he just really likes harmony. So yeah. he's just going to do one of that. And she likes the bad guy. So <laughs> I'm going to smash the thing after the fact. Anyway. Everyone seemed very, just to talk more about the magic stuff, everybody seemed very appalled that Tara knew Mr. Bogarty by Right? Name. That look like. She's just like, I spent a lot of time here. Yeah. And it's I'm like, a witch. I'm a fucking witch. <laughs> I'm the a... most witch on this show that's ever existed. Yeah. A born witch. Her uh, mom was a witch. Hey, I don't know any of that yet. So spoilers. Wait till episode five. I will. But also like, what's so bad about being a witch? Will is about to be the worst witch and be terrible to that's everyone. a movie. <laughs> the worst witch. I know. I just, I just had a moment. I was like, oh no. <laughs> the Halloween, your dog could turn into a cat. There may be a toad in your bass guitar, or your sister could turn into a bat. Christmas time brings the snow, summertime brings the sun. But on Halloween, your blood begins to run. Oh my god. Nineteen-eighties. Tim Curry plays a warlock, oh, wow. and there's some real bad CG of him flying with his massive cape through the night sky. Yes. And if you have not seen that movie and you like schlocky fantasy crap, you should watch it. Oh, we switch. definitely I demand gotta you put that scene watch Clue this. and watch the movie Clue and play Clue. Uh, yeah, that's why you do Clue. <gasps> totally, because it's a Tim Curry thing. So. I'm afraid your moment has come. Not so fast, Miss Scarlet. I do have a secret or two. Oh, yeah, such as? The game's up, Scarlet. There are no more bullets left in that gun. Oh, come on. You don't think I'm going to fall for that old trick. It's not a trick. There was one shot at Mr. Body in the study, two for the chandelier, two at the lounge door, and one for the singing telegram. That's not six. One plus two plus two plus one. Uh Uh-uh. There was only one shot that got the chandelier. That's one plus two plus one plus one. Even if you were right, that would be one plus one plus two plus one, not one plus two plus one plus one. Okay, fine. One plus two plus one. Shut up! Anyways, yes. I just found it weird. Why is everyone so mad at Tara for knowing the name of a, of a human being? Who was dead on the goddamn Clearly, bed. none of our friends, who are actually terrible people, as it turns out, like, don't give a fuck. They don't get... Giles doesn't give a fuck about and this dead no person. Only at Tara, all. I mean, they even mentioned it idly in season four that they've had to go to the magic box for supplies. You'd think Willow would know his name. Willow would right? know his name. And Willow gave the same withering look. And, and Willow in, and Tara would have gone together at which point Tara would have addressed him hi As Mr. Bogarty yeah exactly the fact I'm that Willow doesn't know the fact that Willow doesn't know Mr. Bogarty's name means that she's a callous individual and she's ready to murder capable of mind control absolutely I really love the Sunnyvale High School like alum little thing we don't yeah. it, it's just like another I, season five is so great it's just a resetting of everything it's been so high school feels a million yeah, years ago and to be like is that Brad Caddick is so great because of course like Sunnydale's supposed to be this small town, even though it's Santa Barbara, um, that, you know, of course some guys, people, or anybody from high school would still maybe be around, especially if they're immortal beings that can't think of anything to do other than to stay in Sunnydale. I mean, we already touched on Anya playing the game of life, but I especially loved her quote, I'm burdened with a van and several pink children. (laughs) (laughs) I just love the idea because it's so true. Oh, man, Jane. We already talked about the body and 
her milk maybe hemorrhage but uh buffy (laughs) buffy says later buffy in this episode said uh, talking i think to riley uh she was saying uh it's not like she saw the body or anything Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know. When she Did, said that, I immediately thought uh, that too. And uh, does she actually see Joy? I mean, I know it's Buffy no. in there, but she doesn't mm-hmm. see it. That's well, maybe the whole point. Right? So the, at school. the very last right, scene of the body, they're in the morgue, and uh, Dawn is reaching her hand to touch Joyce's mm, dead body. And it cuts to black. God, that episode's so fucking good. Uh, so she. So maybe she didn't see it. Maybe she never. She pulled back and she didn't actually look. Yeah. I don't know. That line really immediately struck me. I was like, oh, she never saw the body or anything. Oh, <laughs> the show's so good. I know. That's good retroactive shit. But yeah, no Miss Muffet, sat on her Tuffet shit or whatever. That's like, that's just good because of what comes later. Uh, Xander, when he, <laughs> I love the scene where Buffy's cracking up. Buffy's going to be so mad. Oh, yeah, yeah. Cut to Buffy, fuck, cat, scream laughing. Yes. It's so good. Harmony has <laughs> And ruffles have ridges. Uh, Buffy, there's actually a more serious side to all this. I interrupt so because I'm having trouble breathing. <laughs> <clears throat> what is it? Well, she did come here to kill you. <laughs> Buffy, come on. They have killed once that we know of. She could be a threat to you. Especially now that she can enter your house anytime she wants. And I love that the, in a world uh, where Minions, the movie, does not exist, so no one really <laughs> knows what Minions are. So they're trying to explain the Minions thing. And uh, Buffy's, what did she say? She says, you know, Harmony has Minions and Ruffles have ridges. <laughs> Great. <laughs> Whoever wrote that, Jane Espenson probably did that. Was perfect. Mary Horton's talking. Come on, Horton. Come on. Come on. Ruffles. What? Ruffles. Ruffles? Ruffles have ridges. He means the potato chips. Ruffles have ridges? Ridges are what make them so good. Well, that's a funny thing to say. Funny? It's printed right on the bag. Ruffles. Yeah, but why can't he just say mama and dada? Because that's not on the bag. A couple notes on Mort. One, thank yeah. God he punched Anya right back into the house. Because that could have been messy. Because they could have just grabbed her. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was elegant. I liked it. It just worked. <laughs> it just, it just worked. <laughs> it's like Fallout 76. All of this just works. Oh, man. It's not. I'm not kidding. In the cave where Buffy, you know, descends on Hermes' whole gang, Mort attacks her with a fucking sledgehammer he hits her in the Uh spine with a sledgehammer like slayer or not she's not getting up from that she might be paralyzed she also needed dawn to tell her that he hulking man was walking toward her just a little out of the periphery but like he clearly moved out of her periphery but she didn't notice that so dawn was integral to her turning around in time to get hit in the back with a sledgehammer. God. My um, final one is a Spinal Tap drummer reference. Well, aside from the fact that most magic shop owners in Sunnydale have the life expectancy of a Spinal Tap drummer. Your first drummer was uh, the John Stumpy Peeps. Oh, yeah. Great, great. Uh, tall, blonde, geek with glasses. Yeah. Uh, good drummer. Great look. Good drummer. Good, yeah, good yeah, drummer. Fine drummer. What happened to him? He died. He, he died in a bizarre gardening accident some years back it's really one of those things it was you know the authorities said you know best leave it unsolved really uh stumpy joe he choked on vomit who's vomit uh it's undetermined you can't dust for vomit famously uh and then finally uh this one's for you kelly uh peter james bond um yeah he he uh died in a in a blues 
or blues jazz festival or a jazz blues festival. They started fighting amongst themselves which one it was. Uh, on the Isle of Lucy, they all agreed, and he exploded on stage. Just com- spontaneously combusted. I'm going to watch that movie again. That's yeah. Christopher Guest, right? That was like yeah. the first. Yeah, totally. Thought we had plans today. Plans? We planned plans? Well, you said, uh, come over tomorrow and we'll hang. And then I said, okay. Not the invasion of Normandy, but still a plan. You have a new watch? That's really exciting. I do. Well, why don't you tell us all about it? Oh. Update me on some watches. I'm sorry. Yeah. I, I like, need to be more debating. Daniel, tell me what we happened. What? What we happened. We just say the things. Xander construction outfit watch. No, but we do get from Dawn. That, yes, Dawn notes his construction job and his brilliance for going into construction instead of going to college. Yes. Maroon jacket watch. No. Dawn's piercing screams. Yes, she did scream right when she was getting stolen. Yeah. Okay. I was curious. Was it piercing? I'm gonna I don't it, know. Put it to a vote. The I'm thinking of the iconic no or get out, get out, get out. That is like the piercing scream. But she does squeal when Harmony is like attacking. She she makes well, that sound. She gets to that register. I'll note the screams. You tell me if it's a piercing. I think they count. Do you, you think that counts? I think they should count. Okay, great. Okay. So yes, uh, my new watch is the Buffy personality watch. I'm surprised we haven't done that this far because we only get small glimpses of Buffy's personality. And I wish we've been doing this over time, just keeping track of it. So Buffy, we get two new. Bits of personality from her. One, we get to see the MC Escher. Uh, it's called Relativity, but it's the the staircases that are all, mm-hmm. you know, you can't tell which side is what and all yeah. that kind of stuff. So that's on every, I mean, they, they probably made a joke about it in the freshman. Like, oh, uh, right. It's like the thing everybody puts on their wall. Second, big what, is head. It in her, is there yeah, in a room. Oh, yeah, I didn't when know. When they're it's going okay. through the weapons. Yeah. That was behind her back. And then on the side where Xander's standing, there's a poster for Big Head Todd and the Monsters. Mm-hmm. That's a band. band? It's a real band. Um, She would have been listening to 1997's Beautiful World in this universe. That was their latest album. Uh, Their song Boom Boom is the theme song for NCIS New Orleans. So kind of a big deal. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. They're still a band. They have like, you know, they seem like a jam, jam band. So they well, have clearly fun. we're following the line where she, Strange Jesus is in it, now Big Head But she loves John Bryan, so. <laughs> Big Head Dodd and the Monsters, yes. which also works Monsters. And you got to come out. I felt so good when I bullet did the same. Boom, 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 boom. I'm going to shoot you right down off of your feet. Wow. She Anyways. loves a champion. Buffy must smoke a ton of weed. I, you want to see it. You want to <laughs> see it. Chips Ahoy, no. Although I was kind of waiting for Spike to say something to Big Head Todd or whatever his name is. Mort. Mort. Um, uh, DeHoffer Watch, no. Sandy Watch, no. Michael Wicca, Amy Goth Watch, no. no. Nobody really did anything. Books a Million, yes. Uh, a tre- uh, treaties on the mythology and methodology of the Vampire Slayer. Right. Why would that be a book? I feel like you would ban that. The council would try to find that and burn it. I don't know why you would ever have a book like that in the world for someone to read to pinpoint who the Vampire Slayer is. If that book did did exist, it would be just 
the perspective of watcher diaries that would only yeah, be able yeah. to be in the possession of a watcher, I would think. Yeah, so fucking insane that it exists. Uh, streets Ahead, no. Uh, we get a reference to the cave that Spike was in under an overpower under an overpass oh, with harmony yeah when they were they're digging the weird trench that made the sinkhole for the general yeah Gamara. but they right. do mention an overpass you're like okay well that's a thing and also driving with giles on that street that long street with like the big wide avenue yep. like never seen that before but what is it who knows B- giles biggest ko definitely watching passions last year with spike because how bored was he i mean that's the episode winking at you how bored were you last year yeah we were all really concerned. We were all very bored. David Fury even mentioned in the commentary, he was like, fans were really worried about what Giles was going to do because the guy's been unplayed for so long and he's just kind of drifting. Well, so, they didn't know. We're going to kill the Slayer. Singing my song now, are you? You should pay me royalties for that one. Or at least get your own tune. I like being updated on the watches. It, it makes me feel like I know what's going on. And you can know what's going on with us by following us everywhere at Pod, Twitter, Tumblr, Instagram bbpod.wordpress.com that's going to have show notes hey you know when we were talking about a band earlier and how they were a real thing and there was oh hey you know facts about the game of life there was a picture station showed us a great picture of that game board hey if only that were compiled on show notes bbpod.wordpress.com you want to watch that spinal tap scene done there there all the references and then if you really just care about music and stuff we talk about that a lot if only someone would have made a playlist. Oh, I did. Beat me hyphen fun time playlist for podcast fans. Season five is on Spotify. And you can, that will contain all of the music mentioned in our podcast here, as well as any music that is played in the episodes of Buffy the Vampire Slayer, which we cover. But let's move on to the main event. It is time to rank this sucker. Willow Hacks, we talk about the net. Nothing. Something would go with this way comes. Nothing. We are at the magic shop with that. Clearly it does not count. There are no spells. Five. No. Giles is a little Giles. I was very disappointed in Giles, mm. as I mentioned before, the way that he handles Don. I'm surprised and seems out of character to me. Clearly, you don't agree, but that, that's fine. You, both of you, all both of you, oh. don't agree, but that's fine. I only gave him a seven, which is not the lowest of the low, but again. Don dunks all over him in her journal, and it's lovely. Joyce is a terrible bomb slash Riley ruins everything. Not for the first time. Thank God for Riley. Riley's so sensible. Unexpectedly, Riley is the savior of this because Joyce, as we talked about, craters. Craters this a little bit because she's passing off her daughter to her other daughter. She's ignoring, you know, she's really undermining Buffy's importance, like uh, her slayer duty. She says that you just want to go out with Riley. It's my job. What are you talking about? I'm patrolling. I'm I'm not going into fucking movies, mom. God. The sock hop. Yes, the sock hop. That's right. Sorry. But thank you, Riley, for being sensible and sensitive and a good supportive boyfriend. He just isn't the worst. Because we get a seven instead of what she would have gotten on her own, Joyce, too. Oh, nice. Monster of the Week, Harmony. I mean, come on. Great. I thought it was Mort. I mean, maybe. Or is it Mort of the Week? Mort of the Week. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And Tom Lank. Mort of the Week, 10 of 10. (laughs) (laughs) So did oh, you, Tom Lake, of course. Yeah. I mean, it's you, you said that last week, and I forgot about it. When I saw him, I was like, where the fuck have I seen yeah, that guy that before? Tom Lake. That's good. And That's even good David stuff. Solomon was like, I, I guess David Solomon didn't wasn't around in season six or directed very few mm. episodes because David Fury was like, oh, yeah, Tom, you know, he'll be one of the three, and, like, he's a big deal going forward. And David Solomon's like, oh, yeah, I don't know who that is. Ah, fuck that guy. I didn't know who that is. <laughs> definitely don't know who that is. <laughs> Okay, that's fine. That's fine. Keep this off the commentary. <laughs> but then at the end of the commentary, when, when Tom Lake gets dusted, he's yeah. like, oh, there goes Tom. 
<laughs> you know, it's just like my favorite moment of the whole thing. Oh my god, think of the six because they did not. I was gonna ask you guys what you thought Harmony's original plan might have been, but the answer is she didn't have a plan until Swag said something. You could make up anything. Yeah. And it would be delicious. Uh, yeah, they're terrible at their jobs, but you gotta love Harmony. So six relationship goodness or badness. I gave it a nine. I think it was a great reintroduction to our friends. Everyone okay. gets along for the most part. I don't. Don obviously feels like an outsider, and Tara a little bit too, but there's no animosity. Nothing really feels bad other than Joyce being Joyce. Yeah. Episode specific, there comes a time in a woman's life where she realizes she has to take that next step. I've taken it. I found the real me, and I like her. Yes. Five of ten. Six of ten. Six of ten. That's a lot. Six of ten. The rankings are real, and it's scientific. It's very important. Forty. Two of two for the season so far. For just 40 points. Mm-hmm. Wow. And last week was, what, 50-something? 55. God, we talked way longer about this one. 55! And this is, well. Listen. Well, we've said it before. The really good ones are hard to talk about. And this is a brand new character that has busted up our entire dynamic. Buffy's a big sister now. That's the true. first of her That's fair. That's fair. That's fair. Not a, an only child. Station? It's science. I can't question it. I'm going to put this one above the Dark Age. Oh, nice. Which is where? I don't know. I oh, didn't nice. bring my computer. <laughs> I, I feel that. good about this. Okay. So <laughs> one, one above. The dark. It's somewhere in the middle. Okay. And it's better than the Dark Age. Yeah, I mean, we... this was a good episode. Yeah, that's how Dawn I is too. annoying, but honestly, this is like, I don't like Buffy versus Dracula. I think this is a good first episode of a season. Mm-hmm. We get a good introduction to a character that really establishes some like strong dynamics moving forward. I like the storyline with Buffy and Dawn and how much she cares for her little sister. Really funny. That said, I'm scared to place it any higher because I don't know what's up there, but it's better than the Dark Age, so one above the Dark Age. Nice. Thank God we have that barometer for you. I mean, it's <laughs> really nice. It's like clutch instead of you just being like, 28 of 67. Yeah. Yeah. Better right. than the, I mean, that you could really boil your rankings out to better or worse than the Dark Age. Now, that would be totally yes. valid. I think that's totally Except fair. it's not. Because uh, I only have eyes for you is somehow ranked below the yeah. Dark Age. Well, that's what I struggle with, too. Rough. <laughs> Yeah, not good. Uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna also be, I'm gonna hedge on the same sort of la- line. Um, 65 out of 137, about as good as Helpless. I liked Helpless. Helpless was yeah. fun. Had these moments in it that are really cool, but like, you know, it's not as good as as other ones. And I don't feel yeah. the way that I mean, like we talked about with Restless, where it's like that didn't feel like a finale. I felt the same way about Dracula before, but I'm I'm willing to forgive Dracula only because it shows up in here. It's like if we never mentioned Dracula, if it really was a one-off. But God, I'm, I'm Ooh, shocked. Yeah, two references. Genuinely shocked. I think three. Oh. Yeah, definitely three. Uh, there I think was Xander uh, makes one. Harmony makes one. Uh, oh, okay. yeah, Dawn yeah. notes uh, Xander's bravery in with going Dracula. undercover. <laughs> yeah, and then and Xander then, says the master the when he said, uh, "Oh, and you then the master." And then they the master talk about Joyce Dracula. letting Dracula yeah. in. Yeah. Lots of callbacks. Lots yeah. of callbacks. So that was really interesting. Uh, and then there's one other one. I'm this. I forgot to bring this up. But just like you, you brought up something. I forgot to bring this up. But drama next semester. Mm-hmm. Willow, take point for Restless. Bam, let's go. Continuity Sorry. all over Continuity. the place. Yet another reason why season five is great. <sighs> we remember where we've been. It's the only way we can move forward. It's the only way we know where we're going. That's right. Well. I'm sorry, what was that? <laughs> Nothing. Sorry, what Nothing. I didn't mean to say that out loud. <laughs> I'm sorry, I didn't quite hear you. Towards death. Towards death? Towards death, that's where we're going. Oh, towards death. Oh, gosh, I thought it was a dig at Restless or... No, that's where we're going. That's where this path leads us. Slow Marth towards death. Well, at least... Real me is in the books, so we don't have to worry about that. At least we have that. 
At least we have that. So should you have anything else to say about this episode of television? Did you say that we're a real podcast? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, great. Then I don't. <laughs> I don't have any final thoughts. It's never not true. You don't have any final no thoughts? No final wow. thoughts. Well, thank you so much for listening. I never, have, I never have final thoughts. I can't wait to see you next time when we do probably one of Stacia's favorite episodes, The Replacement. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> It's going to be great. Xander Centric. Stoked. That's where we live. Yeah. But until then, Stacia, say goodbye. Goodbye. Daniel, say goodbye. This wasn't the invasion of Normandy, but it still was a podcast. That's all we can ask for. And next time, it'll be just as under overwhelming. Thank you for listening. Bye. Bye. Can we meet. We've met Harmony, you half-wit.